Was that good or why? Amen. Hey, thank you for being here. Not many times you get a chance to be in an inaugural situation. You know, this is the very first. We've never had this many people at 11 o'clock. <laughs> We're glad you guys are here. Yeah, I was going to be bummed out if I had to speak to Adam back there. He needs, Adam Colt needs straightened out. But uh, I was thinking, that's uh, the whole message. Of course, Tina needs a lot of help. But, but uh, we are glad that you're here. We are excited about what God's doing. And we believe God is just moving among us, and, and we're thankful and grateful that you've uh, taken, this, taken this trip with us. We're glad you're doing that. We encourage you to leave. Back in the back, there's a lot of material. There's little bitty cards that are inviting people to this service. Let me encourage you to get the cards out. Uh, we, wanna, we want folks to come. We would encourage them to be here. And uh, it's kind of fun to kind of start out with something, isn't it? You know, how many times do you get a chance to do that? You know, it's kind of the beginning of a situation. You know, you're just uh, a part of something really special that's happening and so thank you so much for being here this uh, morning we're glad that you're here hey we're in revelation chapter two i realize it's kind of painful to come in on a on the middle of a trip you know and uh, we've already taken two stops on this uh, little journey we're making in the book of revelation we're in the seven churches and uh there it's a, it's a great study uh it's when you when we as we complete the study it's going to be the seven churches and there's seven lessons on growth and change you know and there's no growth without change and there's no change without growth and there's two things I find through the years in dealing with people two things that that people don't like they don't like the things the way they are and they don't like change and uh, and so that's kind of difficult when you deal with situations like that and all but I'm persuaded that it's not necessarily the case today you know I, I, I think that we're wanting God to do something in our life don't y'all want God to do something and, uh, and I'm so thankful that uh, as we look here in the Word of God and we were able to see how he's moving in these churches. And, you know, sometimes someone has asked the question, you know, well, what does God think about the church, what's going on in the church? You know, we all have our opinions, don't we, about what's happening in churches today and what's going on. And probably some of it's not really very good. But uh, as much as their opinions, we realize that it's just what it is. But we find when Jesus starts talking about things, you know, it's so we need to list up, see what he's got to say. If you, I know we were in Ephesus and Smyrna, the both churches, and I know we're not going to go back over those messages. You can, if you get, our, if you download our app, uh, you can pick them up from there if you've missed those. Ephesus was a great church, a real busy church. I mean, they were very, very active, and they were, I mean, they had all kinds of programs, and and I gotta believe had all kinds of life groups and all kinds of things going on, you know, and uh, it was a very busy church, but the Lord, as he was talking about the church, he commended them for all the good stuff they were doing. He, he, he wasn't saying the stuff you're doing is not good. He said it was good stuff, but what he said is that you got wrapped up in doing stuff, and they lost their first love, and that can happen. You know, it can happen in churches. It can happen in marriages. We get so busy that we take each other for granted. Now, nobody here does that. I'm looking at the group's got it together when it comes to that stuff, but it can happen. And Jesus, he was dealing with the church. He said, man, you guys are busy. That's great, but you've lost your first love. You need to get straightened out with that. And he said, what you need to do, this is one of the lessons, put me first. I mean, put me first. And so seek ye first the kingdom of God. And so he instructed them. Uh, a couple of few weeks ago, we talked about the Smyrna church. And the Smyrna church was a, it was a suffering church. I mean, they were going through some very difficult times. And if you've ever suffered, it's easy to start thinking about just the stuff you're going through. 
I mean, the pain that you're going through, the problems that you're going through, if you're not careful, it kind of captivates you. When you're going through stuff like that, it's very dangerous to do that. And the thing he was encouraging them is to look up and look ahead. You know, it's when you're going through suffering, we have a tendency to look at ourselves, don't we? Poor me, look at the stuff I'm going through and all. But what he's saying, you need to look up and look ahead. Today we're talking about a confused church. I think I see it. And, uh, you know, confusion. Uh, this church was a very confused church. They were going through some difficult times. Uh, and of course, one of the questions you ask, how do we clear up the confusion? Now, you may be here this morning, and maybe you're confused when it comes to your relationship or your personal life. You probably are confused when it comes to our country. We are living in some very difficult times. If you've ever prayed for our country, and I have to admit, up to this last few weeks and months, I didn't do a lot of praying for our country and all. And I have here recently, and uh, the Bible talks a lot about, you know, sometimes if we're not careful, we just kind of think things are just going to happen. You see, here's what I believe. I believe that God's in control. How about y'all? I think God is in control. Now, I may not know what he's doing, and he hasn't checked with me yet. I don't know why. And I could give him some advice. But, uh, but I know that God's in control, and even though I may not like what's going on, I have to admit to you, sometimes I, I watch TV because, you know, all the truths on TV. And, uh, but I watch TV, and I, I see what's going on there, and I, I'm, I'm confused about what's happening and what's going on. And if I, if I don't come back to the, to the real standard of my life, which is God's Word, I find myself being very confused. And, you know, a lot of you may be here this morning, like I said a moment ago, and you're confused about some things in your life. And, you know, when you're confused, you can do one or two things. You can just feel sorry for yourself and say, there's no answer. Or you can say, eh, what does Jesus think, you know? What is it? Because let me tell you something. He has, he has a thought on what's going on today and what's happening in our country, what's happening in our lives. And so if you would take the Bible, if you would, we're going to look at Revelation chapter 2. And the Bible says in verse 12, uh, this, is, this is the third church we've been dealing with, and the angel of the church of Pergamos writes, These things saith he that hath a sharp sword with two edges. I know thy works, and where thou dwellest, even where Satan's seed is, and thou holdest fast my name, and hast not denied my faith, even in those days when Antipathus was my faithful martyr, who was slain among you where Satan dwells. If you notice in those two scriptures, Satan is there. That probably wasn't a fun city to live in. Pretty evil city. Satan was there. And he was, uh, and so they were, they were going to be going through some very difficult times. I find that wherever Satan is is not a good thing, you know. Verse, uh, verse number 14, but I have a few things against thee, because thou hast there them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak to cast stumbling blocks before the children of Israel to eat things sacrificed unto idols and to commit fornication. So hast thou also them that hold the doctrine of the Nicolaitans, which things I hate. Repent, or else I will come unto thee quickly, will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches, to him that overcome will I give to eat of the hidden manna, and will give him a white stone, and the stone a new name, written, which no man knoweth, save he that received it. Could you just join me in a, a bit of prayer? Father, we come to you this morning. We uh, <clears throat> know that without your illuminating our hearts and minds, this will just be a bunch of words. Uh, I know there's folks walking here this morning that they want to hear from Jesus. They want God to speak to them. God, we want that too. We pray, Lord, uh, I'm sure there's folks here that may not have a relationship with you. They're kind of searching, kind of checking this stuff out. 
I pray, God, that we'll say things that will make sense to them, that you'll speak to them. And I know, Father, this subject of confusion is so much a part of what's going on in our world today. We pray for clarity. We ask you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, <clears throat> what do you do when you're confused about the truth? Uh, you're confused about living the truth or standing up for the truth, and we realize that's one of the things that we need to do is stand up. What do we do? How do we deal with these situations? And over the next couple of weeks, not only am I going to preach a confusing message today, I'm preaching it next week also, the second part of this message on confusion. And there's a couple of things I want to share with you this morning that's very important that you, that you get a hold of. The first thing is this. You need to res respect the authority of God's Word. God's Word is the authority. I'm so glad for that. I, it has no equal. You know, it doesn't need my stamp of approval. It doesn't need for me to say, well, I believe it, so therefore it must be true. It's true. It stands on its own. So you need to respect God's authority. It's interesting as we read the scripture here. Uh, he uses the illustration of the sword coming out of his mouth. Uh, it's kind of a grotesque picture, if you will. But in Bible times, he understood that the word of God was powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And, and as we read here in the scripture, you'll find that it helps us understand how God uses his word to change and to move our lives in the right direction. Uh, Ephesians 6.17 says this, And take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. He's talking about battle. Have you noticed that there's battles today? If you're not going through battles, come see me. You know, if you're living a life like, I don't have any difficulties, I don't have any problems, I need to see you because you're sick. And, uh, I mean, you're done. I, want, I want to give you some of my problems so you can join the rest of us and all. But we're living in a world of difficulties and problems, and, and the Word of God, we find that it, it comes into our life and it helps us to, to do the battles that we're, that we're doing, and, and uh, we're able to, to swing the Word of God and, uh, and to share the Word of God with people. And let me encourage you, and, uh, when you're talking to people about God, this is going to sound weird, I guess. When you talk to people about God, give them the Word of God. I appreciate your opinion. That's all it is. Uh, they need the Word of God. You say, well, but preacher, they don't believe the Word of God. It doesn't make it any less sharp. You know what I'm saying? Just because they don't believe it, hey, <laughs> we're talking about God, powerful God. And so give them the Word of God. It'll do the, it'll do the, the job in their life. And so I challenge you about that. Uh, Hebrews 4.12 says this, For the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword piercing even the dividing sunder of soul and spirit and the joints and marrow, and is a discerner, this is cool here, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, sometimes we don't even know what's going on. We can't figure it out. Why we're facing some of the stuff we're facing. Why we're going through some of the things we're going through. The Word of God will help you to understand what's going on. In, the, in your heart, what's going on in your life. You see, he reminds them that if you want to stand for truth, you have to have a standard. And the truth this morning is the standard is the Word of God. Amen? That's the standard. That's what we stand on. That's what keeps us together, if you will. And I think it's important that, we, that we're aware of that. The Word of God is our standard. And, and as you read the Word of God, the Bible talks about there are some things that we cannot do or should not do. There, there are some lines that are drawn, and, and those lines are drawn for our protection. So many times I, I hear folks when they talk about the things of God and say, well, yeah, but it's so prohibitive. 
it, it kind of holds me back on what I want to do. It doesn't hold you back. It keeps you from going over the cliff. Amen. I mean, there's some things that I'm going to tell you right now. God says, don't do that. If you do that, shame on you. I mean, and so don't do that. And, and, and so, yes, there's some things in the Word of God that says that if you do that, you're in trouble. There, and there are consequences. But can I go a little step further with that? There are some things he also talked about. How about faith? How about trust? When you do that, you talk about an unbelievable life. You know, we're living in a world that so wants to be happy and so wants to be satisfied. Jesus will do that. You plug in to what God says in his word, and you amaze what an amazing life you can have. You know, you, you, why do you want to be ordinary? You know, don't be ordinary. I don't think God left me here to get along. I'm here to change this world. We are world changers, amen? That's why God has left us here. The word of God, if he implants in your life, will do that for you. As you, God's word is shared with you, he'll, he'll help you to understand. He, when you read the word of God, here's what will happen. He'll, he'll say this to you. Here's how life works. You've wondered, haven't you? There's the answer. How does this life work? You read the word of God, and here's how life works. We don't walk this world like we're confused. We're not confused. The word of God clears up the confusion you need to get in the word of God. It will change your life. It'll make a difference. And I realize that as we read the word of God and you listen to people, there, there are some gray areas. And I understand that. Uh, but when you read the word of God, you're going to find an incredible number of standards that God has for us on how to live. And as I read the word of God and he explains these things to me, it clears up the confusion. And, and this morning, one of the reasons why there's so much confusion is because you don't, you don't have a standard to stand on. You, you, you're, kinda, you're, you're hearing all kinds of voices and opinions and authorities when what we need to come back to is what does God's word say? And let me challenge you this morning. If, if you, you know, and I, I really believe that anytime you come to a service, you actually do make a decision. I know sometimes we think, well, we walk out of here and we don't make any decisions, but you really do make a decision. You, you know, just how can you not, how can you hear the word of God not some, something, some kind of decision has been made? And, and my encouragement to you today is pray, God, help me to have the word of God as my standard. God, help me to understand that this book will change my life. This book will make a difference in my life. And so this morning, I, I just encourage you, uh, when you're confused about decisions and things that, you're, that you have in your life, you go to God's Word, and God's Word clears up the confusion. Amen. God's Word will do that for you. And that's one of the messages that Jesus was bringing to the Pergamos church because they were confused with there was another thing that he brought to them, not a real pleasant thing. We don't like to talk about this, but he wanted them to understand, to recognize the danger of a lie. We're living in a world of lies, aren't we? We watch the TV and we see all this. You know, spinning truth is still a lie. It's still a lie. You know, there's no half lies, white lies, green lies. They're just lies. And I think it's, it's really the thing that he's trying to get a hold of his church because this church was a cool church. Pergamos was a great church, but they were getting ready to believe a lie. They were, it was coming their way. And there was two or three things that there was a problem. And uh, 
you know, I think it's important that, that we see that uh, what's going on here. And the first, the first thing was the popular lie. Uh, this really, uh, to me, it makes sense because of who was uh, in that city. Satan was in the city, and so it makes sense this will be the, the lie. And the lie was this. Why don't you just fit in and include everybody? Why do you have to rock the boat? Uh, wh why is it that, you know, that why can't you just get along? Well, you Christians are so narrow. I mean, what is with that kind of situation? Why can't you just think everybody, God loves everybody, everyone's saved, everyone's going to heaven, case closed. Let's go on our way. You know, why is it? You know, that, that's, that's, that, that's Satan's lie. You know, you know, he, you know he, it's an inside thing. You know, he wants us to fit in, you know, and I don't, I don't necessarily like to upset people. Well, I really don't. And, <laughs> no, we we, we want to we get along with folks. We don't want folks ticked off at us. We kind of like that to happen. But, but the reality is this. See, as believers, the Bible says that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes the Father but by him. That's the way it is, guys. I didn't make this stuff up. He is the only way. Now, if you don't believe that, then why did God send Jesus? And why did he die upon a cross? And why was his blood shed? Why, why, why was all that kind of stuff going on? And so, without question, we realize that, that this is the lie that's being put forth today. And as believers, I think it's important for us to realize that, that God shed his blood because we needed the payment of sin. That, that's the first lie that was coming in to them. The second lie was a lie called the lie of pleasure. Uh, if you want the story, Numbers 22, 23, 24, 25. I could read it for you now. Wait a minute. Take about an hour, but I could do it. But, uh, but in that, here's, here's, you need to get a hold of what, get the setting. Uh, the main players, Balaam, we just saw him, Balaam was a sure enough prophet of God. He was sure enough, he was a prophet of God. He was getting ready to sell out, but he was a prophet of God. Uh, Balak was the king of Moab. The king of Moab was looking at the Israelites, and the Israelites were getting very prosperous. And, you know, things were going well for them. And so what Balak wanted Balaam to do, he wanted Balaam to curse the nation of Israel. And he five times tried to get that done. Balak went to him five times, paid him to curse the nation of Israel, and every time that that happened, Balaam couldn't do it. And it was ticking Balak off, you can imagine. He's paying this guy, and it wasn't working out. Now, it'd be wonderful if that was the end of the story, wouldn't it? But what's not the end of the story? Balaam got a hold of Balak and said, hey, guys, you know, I, I, I'm not going to be able to do this, but let me tell you what you can do. And here's what he told him. He said, you, 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 Balak, get several of your, your, your ladies, your women, and have them go before the nation of Israel and dance very seductively said, you do that. Have these women go down there and, you know, put on a show, if you will. And he said, what will happen is that this will entice the men of Israel. They'll commit sexual relationships with these people. They'll, 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 they'll get together, and God will judge that. I can't judge them, but here's the sin. I can corrupt them. I may not be able to stop them this way, but I can corrupt them. You know what? It worked. It worked. The Bible says in uh, Numbers 25 that God didn't put up with that stuff, and he judged it, and 20,000 Israelites died because of that. You know, the problem that you need to understand what's happening here, and the lie was this, go ahead 
and indulge yourself, who's going to know? That's what was being said. But the problem was this. Not only did it become found out and God judged him, God knows, but it hurt the nation of Israel. It hurt families. It hurt the testimony of God. You know, sometimes we don't realize there's consequences to our behavior. You've heard me say so many times, you have freedom to choose to do whatever you want to do, but you don't have the freedom to choose the consequences. And there are consequences. And so that was the second lie, is the lie of pleasure. And I, and I realize that we all struggle with this, and, you know, and, and I think what God is saying to us, God's saying you need to watch out. You know, I think there needs to be, we need to build in safeguards that we won't get cross over the line, if you would. The last thing, real quickly, it was the personality lie. The popular lie, fit in. Uh, the pleasure lie, no one's going to know. And then the personality lie is a little more dangerous. It's dealing with leadership. Be careful who you follow. As you follow leaders, what's going to go on, they're going to impact your life. They're going to move you in a certain direction. And so, therefore, you need to be very careful when it comes to following leaders. Uh, I think just because a person uh, has a nice haircut, you and I are worrying our the other people, I don't know what their problem is. But, uh, <clears throat> but you're sitting here, you know, we have a nice haircut, you know, and uh, la about two weeks ago the shirt was washed, and, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you, you, know, you, you kind of, you, I could speak somewhat in late sentences and all that kind of stuff. Uh, he said, well, he must be okay. His hair's cut, clothes is clean. He kind of talks somewhat. You can somewhat understand what he's saying. You need to be real careful about that because here's the deal, guys. That leader, whoever he may be, if he doesn't check out with the Word of God, that leader is wrong. I don't care how charismatic he is. I don't care how exciting he is. I don't care how enthusiastic he is. I don't care how sincere he is. If he conflicts with the Word of God, he's wrong. That's simple enough, isn't it? I mean, when you deal with leadership, you need to make sure. And if a guy opens his mouth enough, you're going to know what he believes. You're going to know where he's at. You need to take notes, and you need to be aware of what he's saying because that's a very dangerous, dangerous thing. You know, there's one thing I find that's consistent with all three of these behaviors, relationships. Every one of them came through relationships. That's why God says, be careful about who you hang around with. Proverbs says, make sure you're friends. In other words, be careful who you associate with. Oh, sometimes we get the idea, oh, it won't hurt. Oh, yeah, it does hurt. Be very careful who you associate with, who you're around and all. You know, just, just a moment, just a little something in closing. This is going to be hard for you to believe. I've, act, I've actually had people lie to me. <laughs> Can't you believe that they'd actually do that? It happens, that, and particularly in counseling. I love to counsel. I know the first session or so is going to be a bunch of lies anyway and all. And I, I talked to someone about my new, my new method of counseling. When someone comes into me, I have them put 200 bucks on my, on my desk. If they do what I say, I'll give it back. I don't have a lot of people coming to me for counseling now, which, what's the problem? I could be a whole, I could hold out a whole lot more money right now. But here's the, here's a couple things that, that, I've, I've, uh, that I've had happen. One is this, you deserve better. It's generally dealing with your kids or your marriage or whatever, but someone says, you know, you really deserve better. Can I help you this? <laughs> Here, here's the reality of that. The truth is we, we don't deserve anything except by the grace of God. And may I go a step further? You have more you deserve anyway. God has blessed us so much. God has been good to us and gracious to us in so many ways. Blessed us. To me, the, 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 the coup de grace, the, 
the numero uno, number one lie is this. You know what? God wants you to be happy. You know what someone generally says that? They generally say it when we're dealing with a marriage. God really wants you to be happy. It's okay if you divorce your wife, you divorce your husband. And God hates divorce. And you may be here this morning and you're having struggle in your marriage. And I by no means mean to minimize that. Please, I don't mean to do that at all. But here's the deal. I cannot, in my, my wildest thinking, how can I possibly go against what God's word says and expect things going to be okay? So you need to understand that, that, you know, uh, yes, I'm thankful that God is forgiving and God will forgive you. God will forgive me. God desires that. Uh, he's a God of forgiveness. I praise the Lord for that. And God will give us a fresh start. Uh, you, and again, you are here this morning and, and maybe you're struggling or you're confused. Maybe you're confused about eternity. You've heard me talk about heaven and hell, and maybe you've heard hell basically as a cuss word. If I go to hell, you've heard that before. And uh, it always makes me cringe when I heard someone just say that. Don't y'all? I mean, if they really realize what I'm saying to that person. You know, how we use that word. And that's not a mistake, by the way. Satan really understands. If we can desensitize that word, uh, then that don't seem so bad, does it? But you're here this morning, and maybe, what about this hell thing? And what about this heaven thing? And maybe you're confused. Well, you know, we'd like to talk to you about that. Maybe you're here this morning and you're having difficulty, confused about your family. And it's really difficult when things don't work out in your family the way you'd like them. That's kind of a bummer, isn't it? Maybe you're here this morning and, and uh, you know there's some personal things that, that you're going through and, and you're kind of confused about that. Well, let me encourage you. You need, you need to re respect the authority of God's word. I, I, and I'm probably riding this horse and probably riding the ground. You need to respect the authority of God's word. You need to read the Bible. Read the Bible. You need to memorize the word of God. Thy word have I hid in my heart. I might not sin against thee. You need to do it. Be doers of the word. It's not simply enough that you, that you have a Bible. You need to read it. You need to memorize it. You need to do it. The word of God will change your life. Amen. Won't it do it? Amen. It'll change your life. I'm telling you. I'm not trying to give you some kind of a fantasy island here. This will make a difference in your life. I challenge you, maybe you're not reading the Word of God like you should. Why don't you start today going to uh, Proverbs chapter 12. This is the 12th of June. Read Proverbs 12. Next Tomorrow, read Proverbs 13. Get in the book and let the book get in you. Thy Word will make a change and a difference in your life. Maybe you've bought into some of the lies about fitting in or indulging yourself. Who will know? I think morning it's important to realize that God wants to clear the confusion in your life aren't you glad God desires to do that you know I always when it comes to the word of God I always tell people you know what I I think that we're educated far above our obedience in other words I think we know a whole lot more than we're doing it's so easy oh preacher I just don't understand the Bible yes you do you just don't want to do it as simple as that and so I encourage you as Jesus was dealing with this third church on the uh, track to the seven he encouraged them hey listen you need to respect the word of God be careful of the lies the Holy Spirit is the one that convicts he's the one that does the work on our heart I don't think it's through someone standing up here and telling you a sad story about something that changes your life. I think the word of God bores into our hearts and lives. And you may have come here this morning and God is speaking to you particularly about something. 
it may be a decision you're getting ready to make or you need to bathe it in prayer and bathe it in God's word God may be speaking to you I remember so many years ago when I, God called me into the ministry uh, I don't even came, have any idea what the preacher was even preaching about back in that day but the Holy Spirit took the word of God and burned it into my heart maybe that's what's happening to you this morning and so we're going to just a moment get, extend an invitation we, we still have altars we still believe people coming even before the Lord I know that's kind of old fashioned but that's okay that's cool and uh, but one of the things I do challenge you as we walk out here today if you're not right about reading the book every day, get right today. You start today. Say, I'll do that tomorrow. No, 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 no. This is the 12th. Go to 12, go to 12, Proverbs 12. Start there. 13 tomorrow. Don't put that off. I cannot. You say, well, I want to read the Bible through. Cool. Just read this chapter. Cool. You know, let's just read through it. I'm telling you, it makes the difference in your life. You may be here and God is speaking to you about some other decisions in your life. Uh, we, we'd like to pray with you about it. We'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. Whatever your need is, uh, let's not miss the opportunity God has for us. Let's stand, please, if you would.